All right. So this morning we're going to be starting a brand new series. Um, we're going to be kind of looking this morning at kind of an introduction to the series, kind of, kind of lay some groundwork for the next several weeks uh, as we kind of get into this idea and this concept that I want to, I feel like the Lord has kind of laid on my heart for this month. And the title of the series is called Honor Roll. And, and here's the deal. I remember as a kid, uh, and this may be dating me just a little bit because I know things are a little bit different now, uh, but I think you're going to remember this, especially if you're around my age. But I remember as a kid, now, it wasn't necessarily an elementary school for me, but it was kind of like junior high it started to hit, and especially high school where if you were an a, a intellectual type of young person, you would go to school, obviously, and work really hard. And then in the mail, at least this is how they did it in my house or in my school district, you would get something very, very special, supposedly. You would get a bumper sticker. And on the bumper sticker, it would say something like this. My child is an honor student at so-and-so high school. And I remember seeing those all the time. And I remember when they first came out, like this was like kind of a big deal. It was kind of like parent brag moment, you know. And so they would take these. And, and here's the deal. Um, I, I, will, I will help you out on this, okay. Like I am very anti-sticker on cars, okay. Like if you put a sticker on your car, good for you, okay. But like for me, it's like nails on a chalkboard, you know. It's like I don't know if there would be any sticker ever that I would consider putting on my car. You could think about that and maybe after service you could say, would you put this? And I probably say, would say no. But my parents were not that way. And so they, I remember them getting these stickers. And remember, I come from a family of four. And so when these started coming out, basically I was in high school, my brother was in high school, my sisters were in junior high basically, right in that age group. So, so all of a sudden, like mom and dad were getting, because let's just be honest, the standards weren't as high as they maybe should have been to get one of these things. And so mom and dad would get four of these things in the mail most of the time. And so, you know, like, and they were, they were like these big, you know, they're good bumper sticker size. And so I remember thinking, oh no, this is gonna be so bad and so embarrassing because my mom and dad, because we had a minivan because it was the 90s and that was the law to have a minivan. And I'm thinking, my mom and dad are gonna put in this minivan that I still have to ride in at times four of these honor stickers things on. And thankfully, I stole mine and they only put three up. Okay, so it did, wasn't as bad as it could have been. But of course, then everybody at church and everybody else was like, okay, who's the dumb Nash? You know, and I would, they usually would think it was me, which is probably correct. But I remember those things. I remember wanting those things. I remember seeing at times like, like the parents that had the, maybe the one child and they just kept re-sticking the new one over the old one because they always changed a little bit. Like one year, I went to high school, it was black and gold were our colors. So one year it was like gold, and one year it was black, and one year it was yellow. And I, I remember thinking like you could use those things actually to help with if you got into a wreck, if you hit those bumper stickers, because they just got one piled on after another and after another. And I remember that being such a big deal. And then all of a sudden, it was really strange. All of a sudden, that became something like you did not want on your car at all. And now I think you have yard signs. I think that's the new thing now that I'm seeing. But here's the deal. When it comes to honor, when it comes to being on the honor roll, what we want to look at this coming month or so is not necessarily are we smart enough to get on an honor roll, but as God has defined honor in our lives and in a biblical understanding of that term, have we made his honor roll? 
Will he look at us and say, yes, you have lived your life in a way that, implif- uh, that, that shows honor and shows honor to people and me and so many other areas. But before we really get into this, we need to pray and then we're going to look at the definition so we really understand what we're looking at and what we're talking about. So Father, we love you and we do thank you for this time. God, you're so good. And Father, as we begin this series, as we open this up, Father, I pray that you would just give us wisdom and direction. That, Father, you would open our hearts to see and understand what you want us to see and understand. We want to not be on the world's honor roll. We want to be on yours. And, Father, I pray that you would help us to figure out how to do that more effectively so that one day you will look at us and say, you know what? You made it. You made the honor roll, and I'm proud of that. We love you, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. As we get into this series, something I want you to understand is we need to define this term. Because here's the deal. When you talk about honor, people think about different types of things. Like, I watch a lot of documentaries and a lot of things maybe on the Civil War. And so I hear a lot about certain types of honor that takes place in that context. There's honor that we see maybe in the military and so on and so forth. But today what I want to look at and really want us to help us understand throughout the entirety of this series is kind of what the biblical definition of honor really is. And it's a very broad topic, but it's also, so I'm going to try to kind of bring it down just a little bit to help us understand, because I'm going to be using the word honor a lot over the next several weeks, and I want, as I'm doing this, for you to be thinking of something more specific than just more of a concept or an idea. So this idea of biblical honor is this. Honor is to treat as valuable or weighty. Okay, so when we talk about the idea of honor, it's talking about putting value in something or someone. It's putting some weight, it's weightiness that we're giving to someone's life or something that we have in our life. That's what we understand as being honor. Now, here's the deal. We think a lot of time of honor as respect, but honor and respect are a little bit different. They're similar, but they're different. Because in some ways, well, we'll get to that in a minute. But the idea of honor is the idea to travel as to treat as valuable or weighty. But here's the deal. We live in a culture not of honor, but mainly of dishonor. And dishonor also needs to be defined, so we understand that. Dishonor is to treat as common or ordinary. Common or ordinary. So one is this idea of value, valuable. The other is just commonplace. It's not that big of a deal. One is weighty and we treat it with some weight. Dishonor is treating lightly. And so we need to understand these terms and we need to understand in a greater way what this is really good, what God is really asking us. Because if we want to get on the honor roll, we need to understand what that looks like and how to act that way. And we're going to look at that throughout this series. Again, this morning we're going to kind of lay some groundwork. We're going to kind of begin that. But here's the deal. A lot of us, and I kind of mentioned this just a few minutes, a few seconds ago, we have a confusion of honor and respect. And we think that to give somebody honor is to give respect. And again, somewhat that is similar, but it is also different. You see, respect is something that is earned. You earn respect. Okay, if, if you want to be respected by me, you need to act basically respectful. You need to have some respect in your life. But honor is something different. Honor is something not that is demanded. And as we look at our notes, you'll see this. Honor is something that we give. It's not a demand. So if you look at your life and you go, I want honor. I need honor. I should get honor for this, 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 and this. You're really, what you're asking for is something different. And something that's not really what we should be doing. 
Honor is something that we give. It's not something that we demand for ourselves. So if you're demanding honor in a lot of ways, you're missing the boat. It's not about getting it. It's about giving it. Because here's the thing. I cannot control you giving me honor or even respect, but I can control me giving it to you. So this week or this month, as we look at these things, one of the things I want you to understand is this is not about you receiving it. It's about you giving it. It's about you being the one that says, I'm going to be a person of honor. I'm going to be a person that is going to be on God's honor roll, and I'm going to be a person that gives it out. Whether I get it back or not is not my concern. Now, we're going to see something here in a minute that we don't have to worry about that. But in some ways, we get so fixated on me being recognized, me getting the honor, me getting the respect, me being treated in a certain way. That we forget the fact that our job is to give it, not necessarily demand it for ourselves. But look at this, kind of our text scripture for the entire series is going to be found in 1 Samuel 2, the second part. Listen to what God says. This is important. God says to us, I will honor those who honor me, and I will despise those who think lightly of me. We're going to kind of break this down in a little bit. But what God here is saying is simply this. Listen, I want you to treat me with value and weightiness. I want you to look at me. And if you will do that, if we'll be a people that honor God first and foremost, then God will honor us back. But if we don't do that, he literally says scripturally, he will despise those that think lightly. And here's the thing, when you think about the church, capital C, I think we have a problem in the church of thinking a little too lightly of God. We think a little bit too lightly of Him. Listen, I totally agree that that we have this idea, this culture uh, mindset where, where, where we are called the friends of God. I get that. Jesus says that. He says, you'll no longer be called servants, you'll be called friends. But I think in some ways, some of us have run a little too far towards the friend God and forgotten Almighty God. And there's a balance here that we want to experience. It's a balance of understanding. In a lot of ways, this honor principle that God has given us, again, is showing us a promise if we'll accept the precept that he gives us, which is if we'll think highly of him, if we will honor him, if we'll look at our time with him as valuable or weighty, he will in turn honor us, which is pretty incredible to think about. We're going to get into that a little bit more, but in a lot of ways, that's going to be kind of our theme verse for the entire series. That first and foremost, we will honor God and allow our lives to be a life that shows that God is important, that he's weighty, that he matters more to us than anything else. And in that, God will respond with honor back. To kind of begin our series, I want to look at how we see some of these things take place in the life of Jesus. We're going to look at two stories kind of briefly this morning before we kind of break into some more practical things that we can add, some application. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to look at two stories, one of honor and one of dishonor this morning. Mark 6. In Mark 6, we see a very interesting story. Jesus has been out, he's been preaching, he's been doing some miracles, he's been doing some things, and now in Mark 6, he goes back home. And here's the deal, like, you would think this would be a pretty cool moment. 
You know, like he's going back home. He's seeing people he's known. I mean, obviously these people have heard a little bit about Jesus. This is pretty exciting. Everywhere Jesus has really gone, he's done some pretty incredible stuff. And so this is neat. This is his homecoming. He's going back to where he grew up. So that's where we kind of pick up the story. Mark 6. We're going to look at verses 1 through 6. This is what it says. Jesus left that part of the country and returned with his disciples to Nazareth, his hometown. The next Sabbath, he began teaching in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. Now listen. Listen to how they were amazed, okay? Because there's a lot of different ways to be amazed. We're going to look at this in the other story in just a minute. But they're amazed. They asked, in their amazement, where did he get all this wisdom and the power to perform such miracles? Their amazement was not like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. They were amazed that he was like, how in the world did this guy get to this place? And look what they say. They scoffed. They scoffed. Listen to what they say. He's just a carpenter. Just a carpenter? Just a carpenter. Just, just the son of Mary and the brothers of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon. And his sisters live here among us. Listen to what they're saying. They're insulting him. They're scoffing at him. They're saying he's nobody. He's nothing. He's common. Why is he common? Because he's just a carpenter. He's just a carpenter. We know his parents. We know his siblings. He's nothing. He's ordinary. How did he get this? They were deeply, listen, they were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. They were offended. They were offended. Listen, one of the things that we're going to talk about in greater depth later on is the amount of honor you give someone really speaks more about who you are versus who they are. They looked at this, the Son of God, just nothing. Why? He was common to them. He was just a carpenter. They knew these things. And actually, when he's actually showing things that are actually a greater than what they thought he should be, they were amazed, but not in the good way. Let's continue on. Then Jesus told them, a prophet is honored everywhere, except in his own hometown and among his relatives, and check this out, and his own family. Not this week, but later on, we're going to talk about how we honor others and how we honor our family and our spouse and our children. And Jesus here says, listen, it's even, you get more honor other places. And here's the deal. We'll talk about this more next week. But why is that? Simple. Because a lot of times for us, and this is a sad state of affairs, but let's just be honest sometimes with our lives, our wife or our husband become very, very common. We see them every day. Our children become common. We don't honor them. We don't add value to them. We don't look at them as weighty. Jesus says in their own town, look at verse 5, and because of their unbelief, check this out, listen to what Scripture says, he couldn't do any miracles among them except to place his hands on a few sick people and heal them. And look at verse 6, and he was amazed at their unbelief. 
You know, here's the thing I've learned about honor in a lot of ways, especially when we honor God. Faith and honor go hand in hand. Because when we have a great understanding and a great faith, we're obviously going to have a great sense of value and put that value where it belongs. And so Jesus here is totally dishonored. He's, he's, he's criticized. He's not looked at as valuable or weighty. In fact, he's looked at common and just simply ordinary. And Jesus here is amazed by that. He's amazed. Now let's look at another story, Matthew 8. In Matthew 8, we see a different story. Now this is a story that's a little bit different. Obviously, in the first story, Jesus is among his Jewish brethren. He is with his family and people that he knows very, very well. Now, in Matthew 8, we see someone different come to Jesus. Matthew 8, starting with verse number 5. When Jesus returned to Capernaum, a Roman officer, meaning a Gentile, obviously, came and pleaded with him. Other translations call him a Roman centurion. So a guy that's in the military and has a lot of people under him. And he says, Lord, look at that. Do you understand what he just said? Do you get it? Underline that in your Bible if you haven't yet. Lord, in one word, this Gentile showed more honor to Jesus than his own family. Lord. He doesn't call him prophet. He doesn't call him teacher. He doesn't call him, hey, rabbi. He doesn't call him, hey, weirdo. Hey, carpenter's son. He calls him Lord. Lord. My young servant lies in bed, paralyzed and in terrible pain. Jesus said, listen, this is a great story. I will come and heal him. So Jesus is going to do what he already asked him to do. Jesus said, absolutely. I'll come and I'll do it. But listen to what this guy says. He says, but the officer said, once again, calls him Lord. So again, we can't look at it and go, well, listen, he was just trying to get on Jesus' good side. He's trying to kind of butter him up to get Jesus to do what he wants him to do. Jesus is already going to do it. He says, I'll come and heal him. No problem. Let's go. Calls him Lord again. I am not worthy to have you come into my home. Just say the word from where you are and my servant will be healed. Unreal. This guy, this is, he, he, he doesn't understand supposedly all this stuff, right? And he has honored Jesus by basically saying, listen, not only are you Lord, not only do you have the power over sickness, but you don't even have to come and show up. You just have to speak it from wherever you are, and it'll be done. That is giving value and weightiness to the word of Jesus. When he says it, it's done. And listen how he figures this out. Listen how he's understood this. He's going to explain now in verses 9 a little bit further. He says, I know this. I understand this. Because I'm under... Can we go to the next slide? There we go. To the authority of my superior officers. And I have authority over my soldiers. He said, I only need to say go and they go or come and they come. And as I say to my slaves, do this, they do it. What is he basically saying here? He's saying this, he's saying, my words have authority because of who I am. I am in charge of these people. When people are over me, I have to do what they say. So listen, you all you have to do is say the word. Basically what he is saying to this carpenter's son, who's Jewish, you have authority over it all. And I get that. So you don't need to show up, you just need to say it. Authority over sickness over death, 
over everything. And listen, Jesus hasn't given his life for us yet. And this guy got it. He got it. Listen, one thing I think you need to understand, and we'll look at this again. I'm try, I'm try, I'm try, I don't want to get ahead of myself in this series. But as you honor others and as you honor God, it's amazing how those two things will help you in either or. As you honor others, you'll begin to honor God more. As you honor God more, you'll begin to honor, other, honor others more. And it's amazing how this works out. So listen to what Jesus said. When Jesus heard this, he was, again, what? Amazed. He was amazed before, and now he's amazed again. Turning to those who were following him, listen, who's following him? Peter, James, and John in the sailboat. The guy that wrote this book, all the others that are following, he turns to them. He turns to them. I tell you the truth, I haven't seen faith like this in all Israel. Do you know what that means? The guys he's talking to right now that have seen all these miracles so far, they are included in all Israel. It's a pretty amazing statement. Pretty incredible statement. Then Jesus said to the Roman officer, we'll jump to 13, go back home. Because you believed it has happened and the young servant was healed that same hour. Listen, two stories, two stories of faith, two stories of honor and a story of dishonor. And I have a simple question that you and I need to answer throughout this entire series. And it's simply this, is God amazed at how you honor or how you dishonor? Is God amazed? Because he's going to be amazed in some ways, one way or another. How is he amazed in your life? Because here's the deal. We can think as believers that we've kind of got it all figured out, that we get it all, and we, under, well, we understand who Jesus is. You know, like, like, like we're not like the people, you know, back there in his hometown. You know, we, we understand some things. We get some things. But here's the thing. We can get some things and still be a people of dishonor when it comes to others and especially when it comes to God. Listen to what Matthew 15 records as Jesus is speaking to these people that should know better, these Pharisees and these people that really understood some things but at the same time didn't understand anything. Matthew 15, 7 and 8, he says, You hypocrites, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you for he wrote, These people honor me with their lips but their hearts are far from me. You see, here's the deal. We have to get this. And this is an important part of this entire series. Honor is not something that comes from your lips. It comes from your heart. And a lot of us, listen, I know we've all experienced this. And just so we know, we probably, no, not probably. We all have probably, yeah. I'm going to say probably because I'm going to be nice this morning. We've all done this. We've been real honoring somebody's face with our lips. But as soon as their back is turned, we've dishonored them. Why? Because honor doesn't come from here, it comes from here. And listen, you can hide it for a while, but eventually what's in here is going to come out here. Scripture teaches that over and over and over. From what is in here, the mouth speaks. And I know that as we look at some of these things, I'm going to be honest with you, and, and over the next couple of weeks, listen, just be prepared. You'll get your toes stepped on a little bit. You know how I know? Because I've already got my toes stepped on a little bit. 
And for some of us, let's be honest, we'll come to a place like this or we'll go to a restaurant or we'll go to work or we'll go to school or wherever we're at. And we'll honor people with our lips. But as soon as their back is turned, our heart will express how we really feel and the dishonor that comes from that. I love the story of the Roman officer because when he got what he wanted, he didn't change his tune. He still called him Lord. He still had a a deep abiding faith. But yet here's the story about these, these Pharisees who may say the right things, but their heart was far away just like so many things in Scripture and so many things in our life, we have to understand if we're going to honor people and have a weightiness in their hearts and in their lives, and as, as, for, as for God as well, it's got to come from here. This isn't about having an ability to say sweet nothings and to be able to flatter people. This is about having a heart that desires to add value to people's lives. And to make an impact on them, not because of the words that are said, even though a lot of times what comes from here will come out here. But to allow it to be something that literally doesn't just affect them, but transforms our heart as well. So with that in mind, let's move into some application. Let's look at some things because here's the deal. I don't know how your heart is, but I'll be honest with you. My heart is not always a heart of honor. My heart sometimes is a place of dishonor. And I know that because sometimes of the way I talk and the way I live my life. And I think we all struggle at times. And so with that, we need to have a heart transplant. We need to have God create in us a heart that doesn't just look at dishonor, but has a heart of honor. We want to amaze God with the honor hearts that we have. So how to create a heart that flows with honor? How do we do this? Some simple application, but important application as we move into this series. Number one, and this has to be number one, a heart of honor fears the Lord. Fears the Lord. A couple of days ago, Easton and I were in, in his bed. We were getting ready for, for, the, uh, for, the, for him to go to bed, and I always jump into the bed with him and he's already got his jammies on he's ready and we read the bible and and pray together and and read a book usually a little bit together that we've been working on and we came to a verse in proverbs that we're not going to look at today because there's a lot in proverbs about the fear of the lord and i asked him i said easton what does it mean to fear the lord and he kind of looked at me and he kind of said well he goes i know it doesn't mean to be afraid of god and i said yes that's right it doesn't mean to be afraid of it, but what does it really mean? And he goes, Dad, I don't really know. And I've found that a lot of us will hear those words a lot. We'll read Proverbs or other things. Oh, the beginning of wisdom is to fear the Lord. Blah, blah. But what does that mean? The best, the best way I've ever heard described it is basically this. It is simply awe-filled reverence of God. It's putting value on God. It's putting weightiness on God. It's saying, God, you matter more than anything else in my life. It's to fear the Lord. It's not to cower, but it is to be just like, oh my goodness, God, you're amazing. When was the last time you had an encounter with God like that? 
Maybe you can say, oh, I've had encounters with God just loved on me, and that's awesome. You had encounters with God where you felt like God really forgave you and, and healed you. Mm. And that's awesome, and that's great. When was the last time you had an awe-filled reverence for God? Where you just say, God, you are so big and you are so awesome. Look in Isaiah 33. There's a great verse. Isaiah 33, 6. He will be a sure foundation for your times. A rich store of salvation and wisdom and knowledge. Look at all these things. But look, the fear of the Lord is the key to this treasure. It's almost like, look, it's almost like Isaiah is saying, listen, the salvation and your sure foundation and wisdom and knowledge has all been put in this big old treasure chest. How do you get into it? Because it's locked. Simple. You have an awe-filled reverence for God. And when that happens in your life, that is the key that unlocks those things. God wants those for you. God didn't put them there, basically, so you couldn't get to them. He'd given you the key. He says, here it is. This is all you need. But for some of us, we don't want to do that. We're not willing to do that. So listen, how do we do this? How do we do it? The best way that I have found to develop a fear of the Lord is simply to get closer to Him. And you're going, oh, wait a minute, how, how does that work? It's simple, okay? Let, let's put it this way. Let me give you an example in my own life, okay? So, so I, I will go back to Albuquerque because Albuquerque did have mountains as well. They were a little closer. Not as huge, obviously, as some of the Rocky Mountains, but just the, the story is still the same. I remember I hadn't been in Albuquerque for very long. And one of the things that you can do in Albuquerque, there's a, there's a mountain right by, right outside the city, really, and it's called Sa the Sandia, Sandias, which means watermelon, I guess. Doesn't look like a watermelon, but supposedly it turns the color of a watermelon at the sunset, whatever. And you can take the Lawloose Trail from the base of this, and you can take it to the top, okay? It's a pretty intense hike. Some people, you know, do it a lot. And so basically, I hadn't been there that long, and they said, hey, you got to do the La Loose Trail. I said, all right, let's do it. Now, here's the deal. I'd been there about two or three months, so I kind of was ready for this, kind of wasn't. But as I started, and I'm looking at this mountain, I'm going, yeah. The church that I worked at was pretty close to the mountain. So I saw this mountain all the time. When I would drive into work, I would look at it all the time. And it was a mountain. It was a big old thing. But I wasn't that impressed. It was just a mountain. Just a big hunk of rock. Well, guess what? The morning we left, we had to go to the trailhead. So we get going, and as I'm getting closer to the mountain, I'm getting closer to the mountain, I'm getting closer to the mountain. And you know what I'm realizing? That's a mountain. Yeah, I'm from Missouri. You know, I mean, mountains are hills, you know. I mean, that's, that's really a mountain. And then I began to climb it. And then I'll tell you what, like, like, I don't know if you've ever done this. I know some of you have done like 14ers and, you know, you do all this hiking stuff as well. But like when you're on the trail, all of a sudden you're a little bit closer to this thing. And you begin to realize how big this mountain really is. And then you do something crazy. You maybe finish the whole thing. And you get to the peak and you get to the top. And I don't know about you, like, like I, Heights and I kind of have like a love-hate relationship. Like, I don't mind them necessarily. But I'll tell you when I do mind them, when I'm close to the edge, the closer I get to the edge, like if I'm over, like, let's say the edge is back there by the exit sign, like, and I'm over here, like, I'm cool, like, I'm fine, I'm good, I'm at the top. 
But the closer that I get to that exit sign, it's like my knees kind of like start going like, what are you doing, you moron? And I begin to get a little more concerned and a little more, oh my goodness. And my heart rate gets a little higher. And all these things start to happen in my heart and my life. Listen, for some of us, the problem that we have when it comes to fear of the Lord is simple. We're not close enough to him. If you want more fear of the Lord, if you want more reverence for him, get closer to him. Because here's the thing, he's a lot greater than any mountain. And the closer you get, the more in awe you will become. The more fear of the Lord you will have. Because he is so big, and he is so great, and he is so powerful, and he is so good. And as we get closer and closer to him, we'll begin to realize that. For some of us, we, we go, well, well, I don't really have this awe of God. Well, yeah, it's simple. It's because you're too far away from him. Get closer and you'll start getting it. Move closer to him. Let him ex have an experience with him in your life. But it all starts with that fear of the Lord. That's number one. It has to be number one. But number two, we need a heart of honor. We'll, a heart of honor will honor others. Not just honor God, but honor others. I love this verse. It's simple, it's short, it's easy, it's simple, and it's so hard. 1 Peter 2, 17, the first part. Honor everyone. Okay, let's go have lunch. Okay, yeah. Honor everyone. I mean, has there been a shorter verse? I know it's, it's a little bit longer, but at least a shorter part of a verse that's so poignant, but at the same time so hard. Listen, it doesn't say here, honor those who honor you. It doesn't say, honor those who deserve honor. It doesn't say, honor who you choose. It says, honor everyone. Anybody want to just take a moment here and just repent? Because I do. Honor everyone. Put value on everyone. Why? 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 Simple. A couple of reasons. Number one, because God honors them. Because they are made in the image of God. And so because of that, we are to honor them. Now listen, they're going to do things and we do things that are not honorable. But at the same time, we don't have that caveat here. We don't have the scriptures tell us, honor those that deserve it. Honor those that do the right thing all the time. It just simply says, honor everyone. Here's the deal. If we don't start with the fear of the Lord, if we don't honor him first, we'll never be able to honor everyone too. It has to start there. And here's to break it down even a little bit more. Again, we're going to get into this a little bit more later on, but let's, let's look at this a little bit more. Let's look at the three sets of people we need to be willing to honor, okay? I know that honor everyone should be simple enough, but let's just make sure everybody gets it. Let's see. First one. First one. We need to honor those, those that are above you. Okay? Now, listen, as we look at these things, I'm not talking about necessarily like, like you know, like we're in the military or something like that, but you know what I mean, like people that we are under their authority, okay? We're to honor those. And hopefully, listen, hopefully you have someone over you as far as an authority. You need that. I need that. We all need that. Okay? So first, those above you. You've got to honor those people. Number two, those that are at your level, your peers, if that makes sense. And if this will help you think about work situation, that's fine. Whatever helps you to understand this, 
but above you and then, of course, at your level. And then the third is quite simple and obvious, those beneath you, those that you have authority over. So not only does Scripture tell us to honor everyone, but all those above you, at your level, and beneath you. We will break that down a little bit more in our series coming up. But we have to be a people that are willing to honor others. And number three, and one maybe you didn't think you were going to get this morning, a heart of honor will know how to receive honor. Okay? Now listen. Like, as I was putting this together, like I was trying to, I was kind of struggling with this, like trying to figure out how do I communicate this in the best way that I can. But here's what I found, and I can do this sometimes, and I know others can do this sometimes. Some of us, we have a very hard time receiving honor. Like we may be awesome at giving it, but we really struggle when it comes to receiving it. Listen, a heart of honor will know how to receive honor too. And I'm going to explain why in just a minute. Because here's the deal. Because it really indicates some things in our hearts. Like, like we want to look at it like, oh, well, I'm just so modest. No, this, when you call yourself modest, what you've just done is given yourself pride. <laughs> but there's even a deeper heart condition that this really kind of, I think, stems from. And I know it stems sometimes from me in my heart in this way. You see, here's the deal. Some of us don't receive honor well because we don't believe we are worthy of honor. Okay? We don't believe we're worthy of honor. Now, this matters for a very important reason that we're going to see in just a minute. But some of us really struggle with this. We look at our past or we look at the things we've done or, or we look at things maybe that, that we had a hand in or maybe they're things that, quite honestly, we, we really didn't have a hand in. And we just go, you know, I don't deserve this. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not worthy of these things. But here's the deal. I want to show you something that you need to look at with me. Look at Psalms 91, and then we're going to jump to John. But look first with me. Psalms 91, look at 14 through 16. Listen to what God says here. It says, the Lord says, so God is speaking, okay? We need to put some weightiness and some value in this because God is sharing this with you. He's sharing his heart. I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. I will reward them with a long life and give them my salvation. Listen to what God is saying. He is basically saying, listen, I am going to do this. I am going to do these things. When you love me, when you honor me, when you do these types of things, I will come back and I will honor you. But it doesn't stop there. Look at John. Let's go to the New Testament. John 12, 26. Jesus is speaking. Anyone who wants to serve me must follow me because my servants must be where I am. And look here. And the Father will honor anyone, there's that word again, who serves me. Now, let's stop for a second. Let's remember all the way back to 1 Samuel. That, that principle here is important. He's saying, listen, I'll make you a promise. If you honor me, if you trust and love me, 
If you start with a heart that fears the Lord, I will honor you. It's a promise. It's something that he gives. And here's the deal. Here's what we need to understand. This is why it's so important that we understand how to receive honor. When we refuse honor from God, what we're saying is this. What I feel about myself is more valid and more important than what God says about you. Do you get why that matters? You have basically, I will break it down for you, you've basically said this, God, you're wrong, and I am right. God, what, how I see things is more valuable and weighty than how you see things. By not accepting the honor from God, you've simply only dishonored him. Now, I know that's hard sometimes to do. I know that sometimes we look at our lives and we go, but yeah, Aaron, but I've done this and I've done that and I get it. I have too and I struggle with this one so much. But at the same time, if we're going to have a heart of honor, we have to be willing to honor God by saying, God, if you have chosen to do this for me, I accept that. Listen, because you got to get this. When God honors us, it says a lot more about him than it does about us. You get that? The fact that God has chosen to honor you speaks a lot more about how great he is and his heart necessarily than ours. And so by accepting that honor, by accepting that value, by accepting that God looks at us as weighty, what we're really doing is really saying, God, I honor you right back. Because here's the deal. Listen, hear me here. One of the things that's going to keep a lot of people out of heaven is the fact that they don't feel valuable enough for Jesus to have died for them. I mean, how many, how many have heard? I know I've heard it. I don't deserve God's love. I don't deserve this. God wouldn't die for me. God only, God only loves and died for the good people. Like, I want to meet the good person because I haven't found him yet. People that I look at as good people, like, like they're, they're broken too. People you think got it all together, don't. They need Jesus still. We all do. We all have healing. We all have work that God wants to do in our hearts. But yet at the same time, the honor principle that we see all the way back in 1 Samuel continues here. And God says, listen, if you'll honor me, if you'll put weight on me, I'll honor you. If you'll love me, if you'll have faith in me, if you'll look to me, I'll put value on you. It speaks to our ability to really honor God when we're willing to accept the honor that he wants to bestow on us. And I get that's hard. And I get that that's sometimes it's almost like it doesn't make sense in our own mind. Like, how is it that the God of the universe, who's so good, basically says to this little pipsqueak, hey, if you'll just love me and you'll just honor me, I'll honor you. I mean, that's incredible. And listen, if we will get that in our hearts, 
I'm telling you right now, it can totally transform your relationship with God because it speaks to your identity of who you are and how much God values you. Listen, if you have any doubt about that value, we celebrated something this morning to remind us of that. Because God gave his very best for you and for me. Something that he valued a lot for us. Listen, I I don't know about you. I've heard this said. I know you've heard it said too. You know what something's worth? What someone's willing to pay for it. There's times where I'll see things and I'm like, you know, oh, they're going to have an auction. Isn't that wonderful? They're going to have an auction. Here is, I saw this just recently, a score sheet from Michael Jordan's, like, I don't know, he scored like 59, 69 points. I don't know. I don't follow basketball. It was a score sheet from that game. And Michael Jordan signed it. And it was in pristine condition. And they were going to have an auction for it, I think, this week. And you know what the estimated value of a piece of paper was? $60,000. You know what that was worth to me? They want $60,000. But you know what? I don't get to make that call. You know who makes the call of what it's worth? The person willing to pay for it. Our God gave his only begotten son. Because he valued you and me so much. And you know what? You and I can sit there and argue that in our minds and go, God, but you, but this or that or what. You know what? It, you can argue all you want, but you know what? God's already showed us what it's worth and what you're worth to him. He's already showed you what he's willing to pay to get you home to be with him. Some of us doesn't need to receive honor in a way of basically pride. We need to receive honor and understand who we are in Christ. Because some of us walk around and we just feel so worthless when God says, do you realize what I paid for you? Do you realize what I gave for you? What I will continue to give to you? Because here's what's great about the honor principle all the way back in 1 Samuel. It doesn't seem that there's any expiration date on it. It doesn't say, well, if you honor me once and then that's it, I'll honor you that one time and then you're done. It's just, it's, it's continuation. As we honor God, as we honor God and honor others, God honors us and it just goes on and on and on. Listen, I don't know about you, but I know in my own life, I need to have a little less dishonor for God and for people and a little more honor. I want to get on God's honor roll. I want him to look down and go, you know what? I am amazed with that man's honor. I am amazed at the way he honors me and the way he honors other people. Not people that just deserve it. I mean, listen, it's easy to honor God when we realize all that God has done. It's a little harder to honor those who treat us with such sometimes great dishonor. But the true test of an honor person is a person that it doesn't matter how many times they've been dishonored, they choose again and again and again to be a person that shows value to others. As we close this morning, 
one of the things that this is, I think this is so important for us right now is we just, we, we live in such a, a culture of dishonor. And we have, we have become, unfortunately, as the church, we have, instead of infecting and, in, and, and changing the culture, the culture has changed us. And church has become a place, unfortunately, in a lot of places, capital C church, painting with a very broad brush here, where instead of putting value on people, listen, the church has become more interested in nickels and noses. They've cared more about how much is in the plate and how many butts are in the seats to remember that each person needs to matter. Can I just be honest with you? Because I'm going to anyway. I've prayed this and I will continue to pray this. And listen, you can fire me if you want for this. Go ahead. Because I'm not going to change. I'm not interested in making this into a huge church. I have prayed over and over and over to God. I do not want any more people than I can't love and that I can't put value into their lives. So if you're linking this, oh, but well, maybe one day we'll get to be 500 people. Listen, I don't think so. And I'm completely cool with that. Completely cool. One of the reasons we're trying to bring on some help is not so that we can make this place big. It's so that more people can have value and feel valued and feel important. And listen, I'm going to say this in front of everybody. If there's ever been a time, whether you're online or here, where you have felt dishonored by me, I apologize. I'm sorry. Because one of the things I try so hard to do is to make sure every person that walks through our doors or calls on the phone or is online knows they're valuable. They're valuable to God first and foremost. And listen, if God has said they're valuable, as followers of Him, they ought to be valuable to us. Everyone. Every individual. Regardless of how they act or live or believe. So the question is simple. And again, over the next several weeks, we're going to get in a little deeper on some more specific things, okay? But the question still stands. Is God amazed with your honor or with your dishonor? When you go home this afternoon, is your home a home of honor or dishonor? When you get into the car after service, is it going to be a car filled with honor or dishonor? You get to make that choice. But here's the deal. My goal, my hope for me and for all of us is that every time we get together, every day throughout this series, that a little bit of dishonor dies in our hearts and our lives and a little bit of honor grows. So at the end of this time, wherever we are at on that dishonor, honor scale, we've got a little bit more honor. We've put a little more value on God and His church and His work. We put a little bit more honor in our families and our spouses and our, our kids. We've got a little more honor to those 
in our workplaces, those that are above us, those that are below us, those that are at our level. And that our lives will be transformed by that. Because I truly believe, I believe in this honor principle. I believe that God is going to do some great things when we become more and more like him in this area. So listen, you may say, you know, Aaron, right now, I'm not really on God's honor roll. If, if God had bumper stickers, I wouldn't get one. Okay, fine. You know what? I probably necessarily wouldn't either. So I need this just as much as you do. The question becomes, what are we going to do about it? Because here's the deal. This is what's great. The semester isn't over yet. Okay? The semester's not over. One of the great stories in Scripture, one of the great ways that you are going to know if you made the honor roll, is one day when all this is done, you go stand before the Lord. And what does he say? Well done, my good and faithful servant. Have you ever unpacked all those words? Or is it just something you've heard 45 times, especially at funerals? To really understand the honor that God is bestowing on us in that moment? Well done, my good and faithful servant. You know what? You made the honor roll. And God wants to continue to help us in that. So let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes. Again, just laying the foundation here for the next several weeks. But at the same time, just a simple question. We already talked about it, so we won't go too far in this. But just a question for your heart. A question that starts today and needs to be questioned probably every day throughout this series. Is God amazed with your honor or your dishonor? Is God amazed with the way that you value him and others and treat them as weighty? Or is he amazed with the way that you treat him and others as just common and ordinary? Because wherever you're at on that, God wants us to grow in it. And he'll help us to grow in it. So we don't have to be upset. We don't have to, oh boy, I failed. I'm, no, 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 no. Listen, listen. God wants us to grow in it, all of us. He loves us enough to help us become more of a people of honor. And that's what we need. So in his discipline, there is great love. If we'll accept that and allow him to change our hearts. So Father, we love you and we thank you for this time. We thank you for this opportunity to come and to be in your presence. But at the same time, Father, I know for me, I know that at times I amaze you with my dishonor, both of you and others. And Father, I, I ask for your forgiveness for that because I need it. But at the same time, Father, as much as I celebrate that forgiveness, I want you to change my heart to make it more of a heart of honor because I know my lips, they can be deceiving but my heart can't. It will eventually come out. So change my heart. Change our hearts, God. Make us more like you. Father, as we 
move through this series. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would just change us all in a powerful way and that you would just make us more like you. We love you and we thank you. You're so good and we love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Awesome. So listen, I love you all very, very much. Thank you for being here. For those who are online, boy, we love you. We hope that you're doing well. Hope to see you soon. For everybody that's here, we're heading over to Jason's Deli for lunch. Please come and join us for a great time of lunch. I love you very, very much, and we'll talk to you soon.